Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Shares for Beginners. Weekend Watchlist. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watchlist, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company, sector or ETF that you may wish to consider for your watchlist. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how experts screen for value. Joining me today is Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Montgomery Investment Management, Roger Montgomery. G'day, Roger. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always good to be with you, Phil. So today we're going to be talking about Macquarie Telecom Group Limited, ASX code MAQ, which provides telecommunication, cloud computing, cybersecurity and data centre services to corporate and government customers in Australia. So tell us about your observations about this company and a bit more about um, what it actually does. Yeah, sure. It's it's part of a global megatrend, Phil. Enterprises around the world are moving to the cloud. And what that means is that where once you had to be a big company to compete effectively because only large companies could afford IT departments and data rooms and IT rooms. And I can remember when I was working at Ordmanet back in the 90s, actually, we had a half a floor dedicated to racks of computers for recording conversations on the phone and everything else, and it was all stored there and then updated. Well, what's happened is... Data centers and the cloud has democratized that part of business. So even small businesses can compete effectively with large businesses by just migrating all of that to the cloud. Now, the cloud has to live somewhere. And where does it live? The cloud lives in data centers. And Macquarie Telecom, um, Macquarie has a facility in Epping uh, or Macquarie Park, just not far from where I live, actually, in Sydney. And I visited that facility and they've got essentially three very large data centres, one well-established, one having just been commissioned and a third one on its way to being tenanted. And what the business actually is doing is converting a car park to a multi-billion dollar business. And it's done a great job of that so far. It's built on time and on budget and it's also tenanted those data centres faster than the market otherwise might have expected. So what the business actually does is it generates about 46% of its revenue from cloud services. It generates 47% of its revenue from telecom services. So they're things like data, voice, mobile, co-location, the the stuff that Telstra does, TPG, Optus, Vocus, same sort of thing they do. So 47% of revenue comes from that. And the remaining 6 or 7% of revenue comes from data center services to wholesale customers. So, in essence, Phil, that's that's a sort of a summary of, of the company. Yeah. So, this is all part of uh, the software as a service moving online. Everything is moving online now. And, of course, this is where this kind of data needs to be stored and served from. So, these data centres need to be close to where these services are required as well. And I believe this is a big part of the strategy with Macquarie Telecom. Yeah. There's a lot of demand particularly from hyperscalers. So the hyperscalers are the Amazons of the world, Google, Microsoft, 
and in fact, we'll come back to those companies shortly when we talk about um, the sale of, of some of their megawatt IT load. But yes, so they, they require proximity as well to be able to provide a seamless and fast service. And people don't realise that, you know, when you're watching Netflix or you're listening to Spotify, Netflix and Spotify have to have that information stored not in simply one cloud or data centre somewhere in the world, but multiple sites so that you have a great experience. So, yeah, the location where Macquarie Telecom are on the border of Epping and Macquarie Park is proving to be a fortuitous one for them. There's no doubt about that. It's a good spot. And megawatts, is that um, the way data storage is uh, described? I thought that was electricity. Yeah, so megawatt IT load is how they measure the amount of stuff that they've got. That's their widgets, if you like, and that's what they're selling. So I'll take a step back. Macquarie Telecom was a first-day investment for us in our small companies fund. And in fact, I think we paid about $25 a share for it, believing it was worth $35 to $40. When it got to $40, $45, the valuation had lifted because what the company had managed to do was actually increase the megawatt IT load or increase the rate of sale of its megawatt IT load. Uh, And then we thought it was worth probably $70 when it was trading at $45. Now it's $74 and the growth continues apace. We actually think they're worth more than $100 a share. And I'll come back to that in a second. So even though the shares are now trading at about 76 bucks, we actually think there's more in it, which makes this an interesting conversation to be having because in an expensive market or relatively expensive market, you know, people are saying there's not a lot of value out there. And it's probably fair to say there's a lot of expensive stocks, but this is not one of them. This is a company that we still think represents good value. So what actually started off with basically six megawatts of IT load is rapidly turning into about 50 megawatts of IT load. So you're talking about a business that's becoming 10 times bigger in a relatively short space of time. Now, many years ago, Warren Buffett said, your job as an investor is to purchase at a rational price a part share of an easy-to-understand business whose earnings are virtually certain to be materially higher in 5, 10, 20 years from now. Then he went on to say, put together a portfolio of those businesses whose earnings march upwards over the years, and so will the value of the portfolio. Well, this is one of those businesses where the earnings are marching upwards, and it's going to be materially larger in 5 or 10 years from now. So the two new data centres are called IC3 East, and IC3 West, and IC3 East added 11 megawatts of capacity. And what was interesting about that was they sold 10 megawatts of that 11 megawatts. They had sold that before they'd even completed construction of the facility, which really took the market by surprise. And they announced that sale back in November. What was interesting about that sale was only, and I mentioned this earlier, only the hyperscalers could actually buy that much or need that much. And so what it did is it cemented Macquarie Telecom's reputation with hyperscalers. So that gave them a leg up in terms of reputation with investors, which is obviously a good thing. And it normally, the other thing is it normally takes years to fill a data centre and here they were filling capacity almost immediately, you know, which really just changed 
or reframed investors' expectations about how quickly data centres could be filled. Prior to that deal, most investors thought data centres take five to seven years to fill. And this looks like it's going to be fully tenanted, if you like, within two years. So that completely reframed it. The other thing that it did, the sale did, is it added $25 million to EBITDA, which will uh, be fully realised in December 21 or January 22. So in the next five or six months or less, we'll start to see that flow through at the EBITDA level. That was the first thing. And then then there's IC3 West and Super West, and that adds 32 megawatts of IT load. Now, if you think about it, that 25 million EBITDA that the company added through that deal, that compares to their results that they just announced. And they announced a 7% increase in revenue to $266 million and a 13% increase to EBITDA. But get this, $73.8 million. So one deal added $25 million to that $73 million EBITDA. So if you can sell 10 megawatts of IT load and it increases your EBITDA by 33% and you've got another 32 megawatts left to sell in your next data centre, you can see how it's going to be a super uplift to EBITDA. But what the investment community or a lot of the investment community we think don't understand, and it's possible they do, but we don't think they do given the pricing of the stock. When you sell to hyperscalers, you're selling it fast, you're selling it cheap, you're selling it you know, at a low margin. So that $25 million of EBITDA is $25 million of EBITDA, but relative to revenue, it's a relatively low margin. So what Macquarie Telecom will do is they'll sell 90% of their capacity at a low margin right, to the hyperscalers. But then what they're actually going to do is they're going to sell the remaining 10% at a much higher margin for cloud services and the hybrid IT. And so what that means is that they can sell it at 10 times the margin. So in other words, they'll sell 90% at X, 10% at 10X, and that doubles the EBITDA of the data center. So the market doesn't realize that that remaining 10% is extremely high margin. It's got 10x value to it, and it will double the earnings of the facility rather than just give it an incremental 10%. And I think that's what the market's not quite getting right. So we think that you know the combination of the, the pace at which it's able to sell its space is a function of its locality. But also the market doesn't seem to appreciate just how high margin this is going to be for them. That's almost analogous to a a property trust, isn't it? Or to like a real estate investment trust in that it's really to do about the quality of the clients and your ability to attract and keep those clients. Well, and not only that, it's like selling waterfront real estate, right? You've got a limited amount of waterfront real estate and the last block left will sell for significantly more than the first block sold for just because it's the last one and everyone knows it. So, yeah, there's an element of rarity, if you like, or exclusivity associated with that last megawatt of IT load. And so apart from the hyperscalers, they've got very large corporate and government clients as well. Is that part of that 10% that you're talking about, the high margin 10%? Yeah, so the hybrid IT and cloud services is sort of tied in with their government services. So they've also got two facilities down in Canberra which have the highest security clearance or high security rating available or, or able. And that what that does, 
I mean, that's very high margin for them as well. And uh, it's really allowing government services to run securely in Australia, really important government services that are important to national security and infrastructure security in this country. And again, that's what makes this such a high quality business. You know, they've got the ASX, they've got the RBA, they've got the Australian Tax Office, you know, they've got so many government and semi-government departments as tenants in their facilities because they are very, very good at what they do. Now, the remaining question is about valuation. So I'll just run you through our thinking on valuation. Well, that's right, because um, I was trying to bring up before that um, yeah, 132 times PE ratio sounds very, very high, just, you know, if you just look at that bald figure. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's why a lot of investors miss this. You know, they they miss what I would describe as value in plain sight. So they ended the financial year 21. And by the way, EBITDA, just we talked about EBITDA recently, but EBITDA has been growing at about 15% per year for the last three years or thereabouts, three or four years. And it's actually been rising every year for the last seven years. So that's going to continue. Um, so that gives us some confidence. But yeah, it finished the financial year 21, the one that just ended, with $110 million of net debt. If we assume that the completion of the remaining facilities for IC3 and Super West out to 2025, that's going to consume about $700 million of CapEx or capital expenditure. And we assume that between now and then they'll produce about $400 million of pre-CapEx cash flow. They'll end that period out to 2025 with $400 million of net debt. If we add that to their current market cap of about $1.6 billion, you've got an enterprise value uh, of about $2 billion. Now, by 2025, we think EBITDA could be about $170 million. So it's only on 12 times EBITDA on an EV to EBITDA basis with solid, you know, solid double digit, I guess, mid-teen double digit growth ahead. So we think it'll earn $170 million of EBITDA in 2025. And over the next five to 10 years, it'll grow that by another $100 million, another $170 million as well. So it's got really good growth ahead of it. It's got clear value for us right now. The only caveat, the only problem for investors is it's super, super thinly traded. It trades by appointment. I mean, some days it trades 80 shares or 100 shares. You know, it really doesn't trade very much at all. And that's really a function of the fact that the free float is very low. That means that there's a lot of insiders that own most of the, the company's stock. Yeah, yeah. The, the founding family, if you like, the Tude Hopes, they own about 60% of the stock. You know, and they're not selling. They haven't sold a share. So, uh, you know, that tells you something about the value and the opportunity as well. So any other risks to keep in mind? Well, in a thinly traded stock, you know, it's hard to get out. It's obviously hard to get in because, you know, what's the definition of a great business? Everyone wants it, you know, and no one wants to sell it. And that's this business. But also getting out can be difficult too. So you might look at the price. Let's say you buy it at $74 or $76. And, you know. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
fingers crossed that you know our, our thesis plays out and uh, it's trading at $100 and you look at it online, you see it's $100, your average exit price, if you wanted to get out all at once, wouldn't be $100. You know, you have to move the price around to get out. Okay, Roger. Thank you very much. That's a very clear explanation. Thanks very much for joining me today. A pleasure, Phil. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not shares for beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast.